are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. morning. I hope you are doing well. If you are a guest with us this morning, uh, my name is Lee. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, if you checked your emails and all that this week, you know that uh, Pastor Jonathan was actually going to be preaching this morning. Um, and I got a call about 730 this morning to come out of the bullpen and to pinch hit. And uh, so we're going to pray for Jonathan. He was around some folks yesterday and he got a call early this morning that uh, somebody that he was with is showing some serious symptoms of COVID now. And uh, so he said, what do you want me to do? And I said, well, with abundance of caution, just stay home. I will come out of the bullpen and, uh, and share. So what usually takes me about 10 to 12 hours a week to put together, I have worked on in all of about 30 minutes this morning. So hang on to your hats. I have no idea how this is going to go. And uh, I don't know if you are getting the better end or 1030, because at least at 1030, I had an hour of practice, but I don't know if that's going to be any better or not. Uh, but we want to pray for Jonathan. We want to pray for his, his friend in that situation. And, you know, in that, um, that that's one of the reasons we, we just take as many precautions here as we, we possibly can. Uh, we know that, that COVID and things I know is very debatable on rates and all that stuff. And we just want to be as cautious as we possibly can because we care about you. And uh, so that's why we're still doing kind of skipping rows and, and all those things. Um, not because we're out to make your life miserable, believe me. I don't sit up at night and say, what precaution can we now you know, put out there? We do that because we care about you. And, uh, and so I told him, I said, I know you worked hard on preparing that. We'll get you back up here soon uh, to preach that message. So if you've got a Bible, let's open to Isaiah chapter 6 this morning. Um, I'm going to share really what is one of my uh, favorite passages in all the Bible. And I'm going to do that very devotionally with you this morning. Uh, but we want to pray not only for them, we want to pray for some men and women in our church uh, that are leaving out this week uh, to go to Orange uh, on disaster relief. And so they're going with one of the feeding units. And so we want to pray uh, for them also this morning. Obviously, there's other things happening uh, in all our lives. We want to go to the Lord to in prayer. So let's, let's go to him in prayer this morning. Uh, Father God, I thank you uh, for your love. Uh, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for just the way you have seen us through the week. Father, maybe we had a good week, maybe we had a terrible week, maybe it was a little bit in between, um, could have been stressful, Lord, could have been hopeful. You were there in every moment. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for the ability uh, to come together at 9 and 1030 and, and worship you. Uh, we pray for those that are going to be in our next service and those in our online time. Uh, that all of us this morning just set aside this time and we recognize who you are. We recognize you as good. And so, Father, I, I thank you for uh, just all the men and women that are serving on our campus this morning, uh, making life groups happen, children ministry happen, youth ministry, praise team, everything that's happening, Lord. We, we praise you for them. 
Lord, we thank you for the men and women that are going out this week to serve in Orange, helping folks clean up and, and recover from Hurricane Laura. We pray for their week. We pray for their effectiveness and their safety as well. I pray for Pastor Jonathan and um, his friend. We, we pray that uh, this is just out of abundance of caution and there's, there's no positivity in COVID in those lives. Um, and Lord, we just pray for now that uh, you, you get us into your word and the Holy Spirit works. And the Holy Spirit does what only he can do. Open up our understanding to your word and, and Father, help us just to love you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you've got a Bible open or maybe on your app, I know you just stood up, but if you don't mind, let's stand again as we read the Word of God together. And uh, we do this, if you're new with us, at times when we read a a passage of Scripture in its entirety, uh, just because we want to honor God's Word, because we do believe it is His Word. It has authority in our lives. Verse 1 in Isaiah 6, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. The house was filled with smoke. Verse 5, And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwelt in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. He touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Verse 8 says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the hearts of the people dull, their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until the cities lie waste without inhabitants and the houses without people and the land is a desolate waste. And the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are in many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. And this is the word of God, and you may be seated. When you come to Isaiah chapter 6, it is a transitional chapter within all of Isaiah's letter. And verse 1 gives you some very important context And it says, in the year that King Uzziah died. Now that's a major, major loss for the nation of Israel. This has been a good king overall. They've been able to defeat a lot of their military enemies. There's been a lot of financial prosperity. This is their leader. And now we see he has died. Uh, He has died from leprosy. And Isaiah is distraught. The people are distraught. Who are they going to turn to? What's going to happen to the nation now? Um, You can almost equate it, if you would, of Abraham Lincoln dying in the middle of the Civil War. This is a major, major blow. And so Isaiah goes to the only place he knows to go to, to the temple. He's going to pray. And when he goes to pray, he gets a vision. And in this vision, he sees the Lord. 
And I want you to notice part of this vision that he starts describing to us in verse 1. He says, notice that the Lord is sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. I think this morning we need to pause and understand that, that even though you and I have problems in life, even though you and I right now may have issues, and we look out at maybe our nation and things are going on, and you just say, what's happening? Understand the position of the Lord over all of those. He's sitting on his throne. He's not pacing. He's not worried. He's sitting. I mean, stop and think about it this way. Have you ever been on an airplane and you lost sudden turbulence? You know, one of those whoosh. Anybody? Right? I mean, that's not fun. And what, what, what happens? The pilot comes on and, you know, folks, sorry about that. We just dropped 20,000 feet, a little pocket of air. No problem, we're okay. Or maybe you've been there and, you know, they come on, uh, we're going to ask you to just get back in your seats and fasten your seatbelts. It's just going to get a little bumpy for a few minutes. Right, and you, you hit that pocket of turbulence, and I mean, it's, woo, woo, you're just bouncing. You're holding on to the seat, man. You're, you know, sweat starting to pour. You look at the next person, you say, do you know Jesus? Right, I mean, it's, have you been there? How do you want that pilot to react? How do you want him to get, do, do you want him to come on and go, Shh, oh my, buckle up. It's gonna be bad. Right, Anybody? No. What happens? We get in that airplane and we hear the shh. Listen, folks, we're going to ask you just to get in your seat and buckle up. It's, we're going to hit a little turbulence and it's going to be okay. And what do you do? You pop your earphones back in and you turn on your iMovie again and you just start watching. And that, that's what God does in our lives. Even in the midst of storms, even in the midst of hardships, even in the midst of you right now looking out and seeing all the turbulence and, and wondering what's happening, the Lord is upon his throne. The Bible says that he's a rock. He's our shelter. And we can run into him. And so maybe this week you look out and you say, I, this week was just horrible. Run to him. He, he's, he's on his throne. Take comfort in that. But not only take comfort that he's on his throne, but did you notice the position of this throne? It's high and lifted up. It's high and lifted up. That, mean, that means he's over all of our problems. And that he sees everything that's about to happen. I've been thinking through this statement a lot lately as, as I've been praying about things in my own life. Is to think of it this way. I don't have to worry about tomorrow because God's already there. See, he's in my today, but he's already in my tomorrow. Because why? He's, he's over all of our problems. This is the Lord who knows all, sees all. He's, he's above time, but he's in time. So as you and I struggle, as you and I go through these days where we have worries about tomorrow, we can say we don't have to really worry about tomorrow because he's already there. He's going to meet us there. He knows what's going to happen. And so maybe this morning there is a worry, there's a, an issue that you can go today and say, Lord, you are high and lifted up. You are on your throne. And right now I'm just going to give you this. I'm going to give you this problem. I'm going to give you this worry knowing you're already in my tomorrow. And so here's Isaiah. He's coming into this temple. He's seeing this vision. He's seeing the Lord upon his throne. And notice in verse 2, he's starting to see these weird creatures. And I'm not going to unpack this long because sometimes in the Bible we can get so focused on the creatures around the Lord we miss what the Lord says. 
But it says, above him stood seraphim. Seraphim, that means a a flaming angel-type figure, creature. They had six wings. They covered their face. They covered their feet. They they flew. But I, I want you to notice that covering. Even these angelic beings in the presence of God are covering themselves. But I want you to notice what they say. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The word holy, it means to be without sin. It means to be set apart. And so we understand that God is, is perfect in all of his ways. He's without sin. He's holy. Now what the Hebrew does is in the repetitive language is it brings emphasis. And so by saying holy, 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 he's saying that he's drawing our attention into that chief attribute of God. Think about it this way. Um, if you, many of you wrote letters back and forth. Now we text, but for some of you growing up, you may have written a letter to someone you were dating, and you said, I love you, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. What are you doing? You're putting the emphasis on the I love you, right? And now we just text, and maybe we thumbs up three emoticons or something, right? But what's he doing here is he's, he's repeating holy, 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 because he's putting the emphasis on the holiness of God. And see, understand this about God, is the holiness of God is his chief attribute. Okay, so without being holy, he can't be perfectly loving. Without being holy, he can't show perfect grace. Without being holy, he can't show perfect forgiveness. But because he's perfectly holy, everything else he does is perfect. And so Isaiah is coming in, he's seeing the holiness of God, He's seeing all of this happen around him. And then I want you to notice his response in verse 5. He says, Woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Compared to God, Isaiah says, Woe is me. Understand a prophet's job in the Old Testament is to say woe to someone else. The woe in that sense is a pronouncement of judgment. So up to this point in Isaiah, Isaiah has been doing what a prophet does. He's been calling out judgment. Woe is you if you do that. Woe is you if you do that. Judgment is coming if you do that. But now when he sees God in his holiness, notice what he does. He flips the sermon upon himself. He says, woe is me. Woe is me. Judgment to me. You know, the Bible doesn't call you and I to compare ourselves to others. We naturally do it, though. We look at our Facebook feed, our Twitter feed, our Instagram feed, or you watch the news and you see what someone else has done, and you think to yourself, I'm glad I'm not like them. I would never do that. I'm better than them. I mean, that's the natural instinct of all of us. But the Bible says that we don't compare ourselves to each other when it comes to sin. It's not about me just staying ahead of you in God's eyes. We compare ourselves to God. And when we compare ourselves to God, then we have to say, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. 
Or maybe this morning it's, for you're a, a woman of an unclean heart. You're a man of an unclean mind. You're a person of unclean hands. What is it this morning that you're allowing God to identify in your life that needs to change? What do you need to pray about this morning and say, God, what in my heart, my thinking, my speech, my actions need to change? See, I think here's one of the most fundamental problems within the churches today is we've lost the ability as believers in Jesus Christ to say, woe is me. And when we have lost that ability, then we fail to see the amazing grace and salvation of Jesus Christ. See, when we stop saying, woe is us, then we stop seeing how glorious the work of salvation is of what Jesus does in our hearts and our lives. See, I, I hear a lot, of, a lot of talk about revival. A lot of people posting on Facebook and saying, we need revival. We need revival in our, our country. Country needs to change. And I'm all for that. I believe that. But here's how you pray for revival. Here's how I pray for revival. I say, Lord, I'm going to draw an imaginary circle around myself and revive every person in this circle today. Because I need that. You know, this week, there's a lot of things I can look at and say, woe is me that was in my heart. Woe is me that was in my mind. Woe is me that was with my eyes. Woe is me that was with my speech. Woe was me with us with my hands. And here's what you need to learn about God that I think Isaiah learned, that I've learned, that you need to learn. We all need to remind ourselves of. That when you come clean with God, God makes you clean. When, when you come clean, he makes you clean. But if you don't want to come clean, he's not going to make you clean. And Isaiah says, listen, woe is me. For I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I've seen the king compared to the king, compared to the Lord. I'm unclean. Then notice what happens. Notice the amazing work and the amazing grace and the amazing salvation of the Lord. Verse 6, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken from the tongs in the altar. He touched my mouth. He says, behold, this has touched your lips, and your guilt has been taken away. Your sin has been atoned for. So God sent the seraphim to pick up the coal, so to speak. And where did he touch it? He touched his hands? No. Touch his heart? No. Touch his mind? No. Touched his lips. Why did he touch his lips? Because I believe Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. And God said, Okay, you finally came clean with me. I'm going to make you clean. Your sin is forgiven. Your sin is atoned for. You are reconciled back to me. When you come clean with God, God will make you clean. And then this is what I love. Forgiven people that he gives a mission to. He says, okay, then who will go for us? Who will go out? Isaiah, I've forgiven you. I've reconciled you. I've put you back on the right path. Now, now who's going to go? Who will go for us? I believe the us there is a reference to the Trinity, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Who's going to go for us? Who's going to tell for us? And Isaiah says, here I am. Send me. And did you notice the mission that God gave him? 
What does the text say? He says, go on and tell people. Go on and tell people this message I'm going to give you, Isaiah. Go on and preach this word I'm going to give you, Isaiah. And what's going to happen? People are going to just repent and flood to the altar? People are just going to come to God automatically? What happens? What does the text say? Verse 10, make their hearts of the people dull. Their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. He says, Isaiah, if you want to go on this mission I'm going to give you, you're going to preach and no one's going to listen. Isaiah, you're going to share, and instead of bringing life, it's going to have the reverse effect in their minds and their hearts, and they're going to become dull. How many of us would want that kind of ministry? How many of us would want to sign up for that? Isaiah asks a legitimate question in verse 11, does he not? I love the question in verse 11, how long, Lord? <laughs> how long do you want me to do that? A week? A month? <laughs> a sermon? How long? And God says, Isaiah, until I'm done. Isaiah, until I've laid waste. Isaiah, until I've brought the judgment that I need to bring. But Isaiah, don't worry don't fear, because notice what verse 13 says, and, though a terebin, and then though a tenth remain, it'll be burned again like a terebinoth or an oak whose stump remains. We've all seen those forest fires when the, when the fire burns over the forest and the stumps of those trees are still there. The holy seed is a stump. He says, Isaiah, you're not alone. There's still people who will believe. There's still people who will be faithful. You just go and do what I've called you to do. Listen, you may pray and pray and pray for that loved one to come to know Christ. You may share the gospel, share the gospel, share the gospel. You may invite and invite and invite and invite and never see them turn. But you've done what the Lord has wanted you to do. See, a lot of times we miss in serving the Lord, I believe. We want to see results and results and results and results. Instead, it's a matter of being faithful. See, Isaiah's responding, and he's staying on mission, and he's going to do what God calls him to do, not because of the results he's going to see, but because of the holiness he saw in the Lord. See, your faithfulness today is what God's after. Just stay faithful in your life to what he's called you to do. Not because of the results you may see. The results may never come this, this side of eternity that you want to see. Stay faithful because of the Lord. And I believe there are times where Isaiah probably went back to his house. Or maybe his Airbnb when he was out traveling on the road. And he might have thought, how long, O oh Lord? How much longer? And he was taken back to that temple moment. He was taken back to that vision. And he said, Lord, you are holy. I've seen the holiness of the Lord. I've experienced the grace and forgiveness that you give me. Lord, I'll go do another. Lord, I'll stay on mission. So let me encourage you this morning, if you're not seeing the way God wants you, or you're not seeing the way uh, uh, results that you want to see yet, stay faithful. Stay on mission. Keep praying. Keep sharing. Keep obeying what God has put on your heart. Out of knowing his holiness, out of knowing the forgiveness 
that He's given you. Verse 6, we'll return there and pray. And one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he'd taken with the tongs of the altar. He touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. I'm going to invite you to pray just right where you are. And I'm going to invite you to pray that verse. And maybe name this morning what you need the Lord to forgive you of. So maybe just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, let's go to the Lord and pray. And then we're going to sing. You're just right there in the quietness of the room and in your heart and your mind. Remind yourself, compared to God, who you are. Just like me, compared to God, we are, we are sinful people. We don't always obey perfectly. We don't always do right. And what's that, what's that sin this morning? Or sins? You need to ask the Lord to forgive you of. Maybe it was this week something you, something you said. Something you did. Something you looked at. Maybe it was something you didn't do, you were supposed to do. <laughs> something that God put on your heart and you said no to. Be specific with that prayer. Just as Isaiah was, I'm a man of unclean lips. Go to the Lord and say, God, here's, it. here's what it is. I love what the Bible says as you're praying. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. The word confess means to agree. Lord, we thank You for the forgiving work of Jesus Christ in our lives. That seraphim and that coal, that forgiveness, points us to the cross of Jesus who took our sin upon Himself, was buried in a tomb, and three days later rose again. We thank You, O God, of the promises of Scripture that when we come to You and we confess our sin, that You are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And Father, I pray this morning, like Isaiah, as You send us out, Father, help us to stay faithful. Lord, knowing that there will be times people will not hear, but knowing there are times people will. And so, Lord, help us this morning to celebrate the work of Jesus. Help us to celebrate who He is. And like Isaiah, help us to just simply say, here I am. Send me. So, Lord, help us to continue to worship You. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.